Sharing your histio story not only helps to spread awareness, but it may also inspire others to share their own experience. My name is Megan Wildman and I'm a histio warrior and ambassador. Welcome to 3 Minute Thursdays. In 2012, I was diagnosed with secondary HLH. Secondary HLH differs from primary HLH because primary is genetic based and secondary is usually triggered from a viral infection. For me, it was glandular fever, the Epstein-Barr virus, which many, many young adults will get across the globe, but there's less than one in a million chance it will trigger secondary HLH. And for me, it was the lottery that I didn't really want to win. I was just a a young 16-year-old girl. I was in college at the time and I had the flu, or I thought was the flu, which turned out to be glandular fever. And after multiple trips to the doctors, I just wasn't getting any better. My doctor picked up on my ferritin levels, which should be around uh, 300 micrograms a litre for for a woman. And mine was over 150,000. So that gave me the red flag and I needed to get straight to hospital. For me, it was it's not just ferritin, high ferritin levels, it had to be what my white blood counts were looking like. Did I have an enlarged spleen? What were my bilirubin levels? And all of those things in combination with my symptoms, my flu-like symptoms led to my diagnosis. And initially they had to check whether it was secondary or primary. So they genetically tested me and uh, I had secondary. I went onto the 2004 protocol and I had bone marrow biopsy, a lumbar puncture, a blood transfusion, and I also went on to kind of chemotherapy, steroids, which are kind of the basis of the protocol, along with various other uh, medications. It was a very intense couple of months of my life, at least in the hospital, and then I became an outpatient. I lost all dignity because of the steroids you balloon up because of all the medication and the infection and the autoimmune disease, I I became immobile, lost my hair. And for a young young 16 year old girl, it was horrible. And at that point, I just wanted to get back to normal. I went straight back to college and tried to get on with my life. And my way of dealing with it and my family's way of dealing with it was to just not talk about it became a taboo. And I'm here to encourage you and your family and your friends to talk about it and share your experiences because we have to raise awareness. We have to get the funds for research because if we, if the 2004 protocol didn't exist, I wouldn't be here today. And so I'm so grateful, but it didn't just stop at the treatment. For me, my hent- mental health has suffered over the past decade. And that's why it's so important to keep our stories flourishing and, and we communicate them with each other. And we know that we're not alone. And there are people out there being affected right now. We may have all been that one in a million, but when we're together, that doesn't seem so small.